Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. This voice makes little kids like me. Welcome to this glorious mess, little kids. My name is Tegan Natoli and I have got a new obsession with unhealthy cereal. Oh, my God. Cocoa Pops, Fruit Loops. Hello. Welcome to my life. Oh, oh yeah. You're a snack fluencer. If people don't know, my name's Lee Campbell. I host this podcast, but I also have a fetish for unhealthy snacks. <laughs> Can I give you a tip? Yeah. So... I, I don't think you should because I'll eat more. I don't need any <laughs> When I tips. started dating Rich, he was like, wow. So this is my trick. Fruit Loops, obviously the best naughty cereal, in a saucepan, a metal saucepan with milk because the saucepan keeps the milk really cold. Oh, and the icy cold milk. Icy cold yes. milk. And then you can have more because it doesn't go soggy by the time you finished it. And you can fit more. <laughs> you can fit more in a saucepan. Oh, my God. I'm having Fruit Loops for lunch now. Oh, um, yum. Anyway, we're not here to talk about yeah, cereal. Okay. <laughs> No, we're not. We are here to talk about daycare today. So Lee and I are going to be doing a daycare deep dive covering everything from how we choose the right place for your family to getting ready for the first day. We're going to bring an expert in, although we feel like we're pretty expertised. We yes. don't. We only know what we know. Well, we only know what we know, but we know what works for us. And yeah. We've got four kids between us. <laughs> but I must say, I didn't really do much research. I asked a friend and basically just did what she told me well, to do. you know me. I did plenty. <laughs> Our kids go to the same type of daycare, so that's good enough for me. Yes. (laughs) Plus, of course, our WTFs. And this week we're going to start recommendations of the week. I'm so excited about this. I feel like we always get excited about things we want to tell And it's so funny. We get off air and then recommend things to each other. And then the other day we were like, hey, let's do recommendations. And the reason it all started was because the other week you were asking about Bugs pants with the extra elastic waist. Yes, that are for skinnier waist. And I feel like when mums get passionate about something, they want everyone to know. No. Yes. <laughs> but first of all, our parenting dilemma. And today it's very right up our alley. It's about daycare. Now it's time for Listen to Dilemmas. Yay! This guy. So a couple of weeks ago we received an email from a listener and she said, Hi ladies. I'm a first time mum of an eight month old baby boy and a huge fan of TGM Little Kids. Thank you. I have a suggestion for a podcast topic that I thought I'd pass on. Daycare. It could cover the different types of daycare and what the differences are and what to buy before your child starts daycare and any tips and tricks. My bub will be starting daycare at around 13 or 14 months of age and I know a podcast on this topic would be so helpful for me and a lot of other first-time mums, I'm sure. Love the show. So we have actually done an episode prior on daycare and the different types, but we're going to dive deeper today. Yes, we are. And I think our last episode was more about a mum with children in different types of daycare. Yes, exactly. Whereas we're going to talk to an early learning expert in a minute, aren't we, Teeks? But tell me, your three kids go to daycare how many days? Do they go to the same daycare? As I just mentioned, I'm not a researcher. So I asked a girlfriend who has kids a little bit older than me in the same area. And I said, where should I send my kids to daycare? And she told me, and so that's where they are. So we're at a a long daycare centre, which is great for me because... 
I really don't. Like today I dropped them off and I forgot their backpack. <laughs> That's all I need to <laughs> did send Did you go back them. and get them? <laughs> yeah, I did. Rich has done that before. Put but it like, on the back. I, don't, I don't need to pack lunch. I don't need to pack nappies. All I need in that backpack is, you know, a change of clothes and a hat. So that works. And a sleep suit? Nope. Oh, oh well, they don't wear sleep suits anymore. Oh, yeah, they're yeah, big. Yeah, they're big. And no, I don't think I ever did that anyway. But I must say that works for me. That kind of school really works for me because we're having three. I, my brain is not usually attached no, to my body. you want body. daycare to make your life easier. Alexander goes to a long daycare too, so I guess a for-profit centre. It's a private centre and it opens at seven and closes at six. Yes, and I yeah. work three days a week for Mamma Mia and on the days – I drop him one of those three days. Rich does pick up and drop off on the other two. So I drop him on Mondays and we're there at quarter past seven. <laughs> Sometimes he's the first child. But by the time I've dropped him and the traffic into the office, it takes 40 minutes oh, after drop-off. Yeah. And he has breakfast at home, but they do do breakfast for the early drop-offs. Yeah. And he's so cheeky. Like this morning when I dropped him off, they said, do you want breakfast? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, you just had breakfast, you cheeky bum. Second. Yeah, and he had second. second. But for me, exactly, like I'm trying to fit so much into my work days that I really take advantage of that seven till six, whereas yeah. I know some family daycares are like more nine to five. And, and I feel like, like we probably won't realise how good we've got it when like school starts. I'm terrified of school hours. Because they are really short. Yes, and then you have to do after school like, care or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, I keep saying to everyone I can't wait till all my kids are at school but they're like no the day goes so fast it's cheaper if you're in a public school but yeah but I wanted to just say for the parents that are um, looking for a center I toured quite a lot of centers so you just book in for a tour they walk you around normally it was at nap time because the kids are it's nice and quiet and I toured a few centers and I just knew with my center I just felt right yeah so follow your mum or your dad instincts in that way because they're all much of a muchness, but I just had a feeling. Yeah. For, yeah, for I was mine. the same. Mind you, I only went to one other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I only went to two others, but I was like, this is right. Yeah. And if you live in Sydney Metro, Melbourne Metro, and you're in kind of high-density areas, you often have quite a weight. So if you've got a newborn, it can't hurt to start looking. Yeah, my the twins were on as fetuses. Yeah. <laughs> on the wait list. Yep, that's the thing. You, you <laughs> don't go, oh, I'm back to work in a few months and start looking around. They were ringing me up. Do they want to start school? I'm like, they're not even born yet. <laughs> Their names are TBC. No, I don't even know. Twin A, twin B, not ready yet. <laughs> so, Lee and I obviously don't know everything when it comes to this topic. So what? We've, yes, we do. Yeah, <laughs> we like to think we do. But we've brought in an expert. You may remember him from the episode we did a couple of months ago, Little Kids and How to Go from Preschool to Big School and Stay Sane. It is the lovely Jay Fraser, founder and managing director of Little Scholars School and Early Learning. Jay, welcome back to the show. Now, first up, can you talk us through the different types of daycare? We know we've got profit, community, non-for-profit, council run. What's going on? Tell us all about it. Yeah, there is a lot of different types and it does make it quite confusing for parents, certainly when um, making a decision on what's best for them and their families. So I guess childcare or long daycare comes in a variety of different provider types. So there's not-for-profit, which is can be community-run, can be church-run, can be council run so there's a few different types there there's for-profit so that's run by an organization or a private company and then there's also family daycare as well so family daycare is typically in-home care so it's a private provider who is offering a child care service in their home the children are capped based on the ratios that they have in their home then that might work for a family if that's what they choose to do so are there differences for each? Because I remember my son's in a long daycare or a, a for-profit. They were open over the break, Christmas break, except for public holidays, whereas friends that were in family daycare, 
there was a holiday, I guess. So what are the differences with these types of daycares? Yeah, that's a really good point. So I guess long daycare is open all of the time except for public holidays. So, you know, typically long daycare childcare centres are open for working families. They're open all of the time over the holidays and typically they only close for the public holidays, which makes it really easy for working families because, you know, they're working, they need their children to be able to go somewhere to be educated and cared for while they're working. And so family daycare is a little bit more... It's subject to the operator. So if the family daycare operator is a parent, they typically need to look after their own children over the school holidays. So they might close their service to families. Community kindergartens are the same. Typically they close for school holidays as well, which does make it a little bit difficult for families if they are full-time working families because they need care for their children over that time. Right. And so while they all have different, I suppose, schedules, are they all running off the same guidelines and standards though? Absolutely. So there's a national quality framework that's set out by the federal government that's broken down into seven quality areas that the service need to adhere to. And then there's also educational frameworks around that. So an early years learning framework as well that services need to adhere to. And in the kindergarten age group, there's a kindergarten learning guideline, which varies per state. So it does get a little bit confusing for families. There's a Queensland kindergarten learning guidelines and then Victoria have their own framework and New South Wales also have theirs for preschool. But typically all of the services are governed by the national quality standards and the national quality framework. And then that is overseen by the state education authorities. And then do the daycares receive a rating? Because I've heard there's ratings. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. Yeah, so it is something that parents may not be aware of, but that's right. So services are rated against those national quality standards, so those seven quality areas that I spoke about earlier. So what that means is that the education authority per state will come out to the service and then they will do an assessment of the service, of the childcare centre, and rate them against all of those seven quality areas. Is that information available to us parents? Can we find out our centres rating? Yeah, you can. Oh. You often see the daycare centres that have exceeding on the signage outside. Yeah. Is exceeding the best one? So there's exceeding and then there's excellent. Uh, okay. So exceeding is the rating that is essentially the top level that a state department can give to a service. And then there's an excellent rating, which each individual service has to apply for. So if they get exceeding, then they can apply to the government and pay a fee and be assessed and awarded excellent if they meet the criteria. And so you won't see many services with that excellent rating because, you know, I think the services just, if they get exceeding, they're happy with that. They know that they're doing a good job. They know that they're providing good service and they're probably not too concerned about applying for excellent. I feel like exceeding sounds more like a rating, whereas excellent just sounds like something they're claiming that they are. So can we talk about the cost of daycare? I mean, it varies wildly from state to state, like you said, suburb to suburb and the type of daycare. But what kind of range are we looking at for a day in daycare? Yeah, look, how long is a piece of string, really? And it really (laughs) does depend on where the service is and the service type and then what the service provides. The average daily fee is different per state. And then if you go inner city suburbs, it's even higher. So the childcare fees, to talk about them, what it costs, is so hard because it also depends on families' income as well, which is a key component because the childcare subsidy that the federal government provide can give parents 85% of the fee. So, you know, if we say that a childcare centre charges $100 a day, in some cases, families get 85% of that off because of the childcare subsidy. We're really mindful of not scaring families and saying, you know, the childcare centre is $100 a day when 
out of pocket, the parents may not be paying that. They may only be paying 20 or 30 or $40 a day. That's a really good point. So how does the subsidy work? I mean, I know that's its own topic in itself, <laughs> but essentially there's household income brackets. Is that right? And then you're rated, I guess, on your household income? Absolutely. So the easiest thing for families to do is just to hop on the government website and do the childcare subsidy calculator. And it's all really easy steps. And they just put in their household income, their hours of activity. So if they work full-time or if they only work 20 hours a week, because it's also subject to the hours that you work. And then it'll tell you the percentage that you will get back, so what what you're eligible for. So then you can just put in the fees of the centre and it will tell you what your out-of-pocket cost will be. That's good for planning, I guess, when you're shopping around and looking for a daycare, Mm. you can kind of project what it's going to cost you. Absolutely. Speaking of looking for a daycare, how does a family or a parent know what's right for their kid or that they've found the right centre? Yeah, it's so tough for families because there is so much choice out there at the moment. But I think what's really important is families need to feel comfortable. So when you go into your service and you talk to the service manager and you talk to the teacher that will be looking after your child, you need to feel really comfortable and you need to feel content. And you need to make sure that what the service is providing is adequate and suitable for your child because every single child is different. Every single family is different. And so we need to make sure that the service or the centre is meeting the needs for your individual family. So, you know, if your child is is a quiet or shy child, then a a big centre with lots of children and lots of people may not be the solution for them. Maybe a small boutique family-style centre might be more ideal. Try not to look for the bells and whistles and all the amazing things that services are offering. Really focus on you and your child and what works for you. You really need to feel comfortable. Mm. And people always wonder when is the right time to send their child to daycare. Is there a right time or does it depend on your child? Yeah, it does. I think it depends on when you run out of money. (laughs) You need to go back to work. Or you're just sick of them and need a day off. Yeah, look, that is the key factor for families, isn't it, when you need to go back to work. But I think, you know, the earlier the better from a social emotional perspective because as a teacher, you know, we used to know pretty quickly the children that were in childcare or early learning. Because they were really able to socially interact with everybody. You know, they were just ahead of the game from that social-emotional perspective. So the educational component is very, very different, and we don't rate children on that. But the ability to be able to share and to communicate and be part of a group interaction and setting, the earlier that they're in that environment is better for children because they learn those skills really quickly. Yeah, that's so interesting. I know I was going to send my kids not until they were two, but I ended up sending them earlier and it was the best thing I ever did. Yeah. And I think that's also a relief for a lot of parents to hear because you think when they're young, I remember when I started my son at 11 months, my mum was like, that's so cruel. Oh, just a baby. Yeah. Yeah. But actually he didn't have any separation anxiety because he didn't know any better. So I think for anxious parents, that might be a relief. Yeah, absolutely. And going to early learning or to childcare is not a bad thing for children. It's excellent for them. They're being opened up to all these amazing opportunities. And what's really important is as well is that the early education and care services these days are not educational focused. Yes, the children are learning, but they're learning through play. So they're enjoying what they're doing. They're having a good time. And at the same time, they're also learning really fundamental skills that will set them up for successful futures. 
I'm so glad you say that because I think a lot of mums especially, but parents in general, have a lot of guilt when they send their kids to daycare because it's like, oh, no, I need to go back to work or I can't But you can't feel like you're abandoning you. your child. Yeah, you feel bad about it. But, like, I know my kids being three and two now, they love daycare. And like you said, it's play, it's fun, it's structure, it's educational. So I think that's encouraging to make parents – you know, yeah. not feel so bad about sending their kids I to daycare. Agree. I do want to ask though, I mean, Tegan and I have both been through it. So we've started our kids. What's your advice for a family and a little one that are about to start daycare and they're a little bit nervous? What's your tips there? Look, it is a big transition, especially if they're children that have been, you know, with mum for a long time and mum's been staying at home and, and they're transitioning to childcare. It is a big thing. So take your time is the biggest thing. And also do the play dates that... You know, a lot of early learning services now let you come and stay and play. So you can bring your child and you have a play and you stay and you observe and you watch. The child needs to be comfortable with the environment and their new teachers, but they also need to understand and know that when you go, you're going to come back. That's the biggest thing that creates that separation anxiety for children is that they've never left your side and they've never been left without you and all of a sudden you're leaving them in this strange place. So I think the biggest thing for families is to... Be really honest with children. I'm going to drop you off here. You're going to have a play. And then I'm going to come back and get you. And then do those stay and plays. Drop off. Go a little while. Go and have a coffee. Come back again. Because I think once the child understands that you're always going to come back, that separation anxiety will go away. Because they know that they're just there to have a play and have some fun and learn. And then you're always going to come back and get them. Yeah. That's such a good advice, I think, for, again, anxious parent yeah well thank you jace thank you so much for joining us i think that's been a great insight for everyone you're very welcome it was great to chat thank you, thank you. bye that was friend of the show jay fraser founder and managing director of little scholars school of early learning Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. So preparing to send your little one is an emotional thing. We know that. But it's also a logistical, physical thing. So we thought we'd add a little segment about stuff, like stuff that we've found useful, our little tips and tricks Mm. from two mothers that have been there, Tegan and Lee. (laughs) Would you like me to go first or would you like to go first? Yeah, you go first. Okay, great. Well, I did a lot of research, as you might have assumed. This is like your dream come true. <laughs> I ordered Alexander a backpack from a company called Tiny Me. It's got their name on it. Yes. Well, actually, you can personalise it anyway. So you can get different size backpacks and then like the matching lunchbox thingy. And mm. his particular daycare doesn't – I don't send lunch, so it's fine. But I use it on our non-daycare mm. days. 
I've just put Alexander on it. Advice I did get is not to put the full, yeah, full I was child's about, name. I was about to be a you and be like, excuse me, initials no. only, please. Yes, you don't want the full child's name out in public generally. I also, from Tiny Me, ordered the iron-on labels. Bad mm. idea. First time mum learning. Nobody is going to iron on the labels. I, I did the same. I bought a whole pack and they're still sitting in the drawer because yeah, I'm never going to do it. I also got stickers and I used stickers on the shoes and it has oh, his yeah. name for inside the shoe. Yeah. But what I ended up getting was all the seasoned mums on Instagram were like, just use a Sharpie. That's a bit too freestyle for me. But I got a stamp off the internet called Stuck On You. Yeah. It's a stamp that's got his name and you just it stamps on fabric, it stamps on everything, it doesn't wash out. It's so funny you say this because this came up in a sponsored ad on my Instagram the other day and I screenshot it because so I was good. like, this is amazing. Because what you realise is like if you're going to iron on the labels, your kids grow so fast, they're out of that shirt and into a new one and who's going to iron them on? So whenever I send him to daycare in something he's never worn to daycare before, just stamp it. Babe, I don't even have an ironing board. So I don't well, know. Me neither. We don't have an iron. <laughs> but stuck on you stamp has changed my life. And he like it. And you can do that on anything. It too. will last him into high school. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they need the <laughs> name on their clothes in high school. Oh my God. I could just imagine him at high school sport and like taking his The photo. one thing I did wonder though is if you should put your phone number because, for example, I got oh, him no. a pair of shoes. But listen, I got him a pair of shoes from Shoes and Socks that were so bloody expensive. And because my son's a nudist, three days later. <laughs> He'd lost one of his shoes because he takes everything off outside the house. And then in a parenting Facebook group I'm on, someone uploaded the picture of the shoe and said this was found down in Bondi. Stop it. And I wrote to her and I was like, hi, that's my shoe. But she never wrote back. Whereas I wondered if there was a phone number if she'd texted me. I suppose, yeah. It's not as though you're putting your kid's phone number No, on no, it. no. And it's like... It was an $85 pair of shoes that he wore for three days. I wanted that other shoe. It's so devastating. And I've done that once with the twins and we know I have an obsession of dressing them the same. So if I lose one shoe, I actually can't use four shoes. gone. Oh, my God. I was Um, so upset about it. And just for my son's daycare, I do have to pack sleep sack or like whatever he um, sleeps in. So I just pack that according to the weather Mm. and then I wash them weekly. Yeah, beautiful. For me, as I mentioned earlier, I love my school because I don't have to do much. But spare pair of clothes oh, yes. for any accidents, spills or whatever. Yeah, A hat, obviously, is an important one for us. Do they provide the hat? No, we pack a hat. Ours um, is provided, but it's got the name of the centre and it's Alexander's favourite hat. But again, oh, I don't want him walking around cute. advertising when oh, he goes yeah. to daycare. Yeah, I think when they first join, they get a hat. But yeah, you just pack whatever hat. Oh, and like a comforter, like a sleep toy. So same thing if they needed a sleep sack or whatever. But, mm. yeah, it's pretty good. We don't even need to – do you do water bottles for yours? We provided a water bottle at the start and yeah. now it's got his name on it. They it only send it there. home if he's sent home sick. They send the right. water bottle home and I guess we're supposed to like deep clean it or something. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I mean, I put it through the dishwasher. I'm assuming they also put it through the dishwasher. I hope. Get your skanky water bottle out of our <laughs> yeah. class. Take your germs away. <laughs> They're my top tips for daycare. I've got one more, though, before we finish. Sorry, I just remembered. So lately the twins have got this new thing. Like you're not meant to take toys from home to school. Mm. But I don't know whether it's like a comfort thing, but they want to pick one item to pop in their bag. They know they're not allowed to get it out of their bag during the day, but I'll be like, come on, guys, we've got to go to school. And they're like, no, I haven't picked my thing. And I'm like, okay, go get your thing. It's just a tiny toy or whatever. And they put it in their little bag. And I don't know, they're just so happy about it and it's become a little ritual. I guess it feels like then they're in control of the situation sort of thing. Yeah, like I've just got to get my toy and then I'm ready to go. Alexander does that for bed though. I say, bub, pick your toy and he takes his toy into bed. Yeah, so maybe if someone's anxious or one of your kids are anxious about going, then maybe let them take a little thing that gets to sleep in their school bag. Love that. What the? What the? What the? What the? Parenting? Oof. WTF of the week. Yeah. What's yours? Well, 
Well, while we're on the topic of daycare, I was doing the kids drop off the other day and one of the mums, we started chatting in the car park and she said to me, I just want to thank you because the twins are so nice to her daughter. And I said, oh, that's really nice. Like, And I'm thinking, why wouldn't they be? And she was saying that already she's been hearing a bit of, like when I pick up my girls from school, I'm like, what do you do at school today? And they're like, drawing, painting. Yeah, they don't tell you much. Whereas this little girl like fully emotionally unloads. I'm like, oh my God, I wish the twins would do that to me. Like actually tell me what's going on in their day. But apparently the little like, oh, you're not my best friend has started oh, no. already. In daycare. Yeah, I'm guessing, I don't know where they pick it up. Maybe kids with older siblings, yes. you know, uh, kids with brothers or sisters at primary school. But apparently, you know, the twins are, are really nice and play with this little girl all the time. But this little girl had been upset because she'd been getting a bit of the, oh, you're not my best friend or, you know, I don't know what they say. That you're not invited my to my birthday party. Yes. But I was like mortified. And then when I picked the twins up from school that day, I was going, you know, <laughs> you can't tell any. This? No, I was oh. more like, I don't want them to be the person saying that. That's what I was more scared about. And were they like, thanks, mum? They were just like... <laughs> What are you going on? I'm like, if you know you can't say to anyone that they can't be your best friend. Like, we need to play with everyone unless someone's being nasty, then you can walk away. But, like, <laughs> I was fully giving them, like, a real deep. They were kind of like, are you all right? <laughs> I'm like, do you understand? They're like, yeah. They're like, I'm three. <laughs> yeah. What? Give me a yogurt pouch. Parenting. I don't know. I don't even know. But I couldn't believe that I was already thinking about this stuff already and they're three. I'm scared for that. All oh. that emotional stuff. I'm just more scared that like they'll be the They'll dicks. be the big. <laughs> yeah. Do not be a dick. My WTF is me. half life hack, half how depressing is parenting. <laughs> like you are so – my brain is just always going at a million miles an hour. When Alexander's in the back of the car, he's like, mum, car, truck, dick, dick. And then the wiggles are on and then you're thinking, oh. I haven't picked up this and I haven't picked up that. So lately now when I've dropped him off or I'm in the, on my own in the car, instead of listening to music or a podcast, I drive in silence. Oh, my God. It's deafening, isn't it? It is just so peaceful. And then I'm like, oh, my God. It's like a decompress. And then I'm like, how is driving in silence a luxury I <laughs> look like forward a, to? It's meditation in itself. Yes. And I used to hate being in silence. Like, you yeah. know, if you ever forgot your earphones for yeah. your, you couldn't work out or whatever. Yeah. Now with just silence, I'm like, ah. Oh. I'm blessed. The, How the kids pathetic. In, the kids in my car always go like, I want this song and then I want this song and then we want this song and it's like, put this song on, put this song on. I'm like, mummy just needs a rest for a minute, okay? Do you remember you called me the other week? You had your kids in the car. I was trying to get Alexander to swimming. The fact that you and I tried to have a conversation with screaming children on both ends of the phone, like they should use that as capital punishment. There was literally six of us talking at <laughs> <Yes>. once. <laughs> So anyway, I recommend driving in silence to any yeah. other parent oh. that can't go on a holiday. What a treat. What a treat. <laughs> what the F treat. On the note of that, are we done? We are. Oh. Thank you for joining us. And what a brilliant episode it was. Hopefully we've all got a little bit of a better idea about daycare. Yes. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your pods and rate us in your podcast app. Feel free to send us an email at tgm at mamamia.com.au and leave us your parenting dilemmas on the pod phone, 02899-9386. Oh, and I've got a suggestion. Mm. If you like listening to Mamma Mia podcast, which hopefully you do if you've come this far, why don't you listen to Lady Startup Stories? I'm obsessed with this show at the moment. Mm. So it's hosted by the lovely Georgia Love and each week she interviews a female entrepreneur about how they started their business, the highs and the lows. And so here's a little snippet from one of the latest episodes with the founder of one of my favourite, favourite fashion brands, SWF Boutique. 
So I ended up um, working with the Westfield Group and doing some styling and visual merchandising with them. And again, I still didn't feel fulfilled. I had taken a five-day holiday to Bali with some girlfriends, the first time I'd never been, and I ended up meeting a lot of creative people. And I thought, oh, wow, this is really interesting. And I thought, I could live here. And the lifestyle appeals and, you know, all these people have these things going on. I can do this. And so six months later, I packed a suitcase and, you know, sold my car and off I went, not knowing a soul. Okay, so you've talked about the lifestyle and everything, but in terms of business, mm-hmm. what was it that made you think from that five-day holiday, I can live here to run a business? It wasn't like that. It was okay. basically, I'm going to move here and I'm going to just see how I go. It wasn't with, oh, you know, I'm going to stay here for one year. I, there was no plan. This glorious mess is brought to you by Mamma Mia. This episode is produced by Michaela Floriano. Have a great week and see you next Monday. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.